Open your Bible, please, to the first page, Genesis chapter 1. If you haven't started your daily Bible reading for this year, I'm going to give you some help. Listen, please. This is what might be called God's first chapter. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse, and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarm, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food." And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Such vital information is supplied here in the first chapter of the Bible, the first chapter of God's total revelation to us. Who God is, is on display here. The presence of the Holy Spirit and the Son the creative work, the sequence and substance and perfection of what God made, the wonderful order that he set in motion. And then God created man in his own image. And the pronouncement, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. I'll say to you that nobody, no reader, author, or literary critic has ever suggested a better way for this great book to begin. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. May God be thanked and praised for his creative work and that he made us in his image. Do you realize what God can do with nothing but his word? I want to focus on that with you for a few minutes tonight. What God can do with nothing but His Word. I want to develop that thought, that singular thought, and then take us to good practical destination. The matter at hand first is, 
what God can do with nothing but his word. He created light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Before these words spoken by God, there was darkness, and the earth was formless and empty. God didn't have to figure out how to do this. Consult with anyone. Rely on trial and error. He didn't have to make coal first and then hire men to build a power plant. He didn't need batteries or hydraulic generators or windmills. All that was necessary was the power of his word. He spoke and it happened. It was done. Let there be light and there was light. Now how did he do that? With his word. He spoke light into existence. Then he gave order. Listen, for example, to verses 4 and 5. He saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. I tell you, it's not uncommon for men to manufacture something, or invent something, or come up with some device and then really not know how to make it practical, functional, or marketable, or useful for years of process and failures and conferences and brainstorming. Men demonstrate they do not have the creative power of God. God not only spoke light into existence, he ordered day and night according to that light. All of that he did by the power of his word. And he put everything in, in place, continuing at verse 6, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Everything had a place. And it all worked correctly the first time. No need to reinvent, revise, or reconsider, or remanufacture. Actually, the word manufacture has to do with man. Man putting together things God created. God has creative power. No need to reinvent, revise, or reconsider. The power of God's word is on display in Genesis chapter 1. And he set up ongoing production. And you see that from verse 11 to verse 13. Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing seed in which is their seed each according to its kind on the earth, and it was so. 
The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. Everything was designed by God to continue. Everything produced according to its kind. God spoke in such a way, everything was organized to reproduce by the power of his word. And then he activated power in the seed. Somebody might ask, how did he do all that? It is knowledge and power far higher than man can analyze and comprehend. What we can say is he did it by the power of his word. I can see the result and the evidence and the power of the seed to reproduce after its kind. Grass and vegetation in general, herbs, bushes, fruit-bearing trees, they continue to exist. That's why you have to mow your grass every now and then. God set that up and he saw that it was good and then he assigned rule. Listen again, verses 26 down to 28. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God determined that human beings would be busy and they would work. And one function assigned was to subdue the earth and rule over the animal kingdom. God spoke these assignments. Man didn't decide it would be this way. Man didn't legislate this and should not be presumptuous in some effort to change it or to ignore it. God spoke these assignments of stewardship and rule in the beginning. See, we're considering what God did with nothing but his word from his perfect mind. Written for us to read in the first chapter of his book. It ought to inform us, but also impress us deeply with the perfection of God, His power exercised through His Word. When God speaks, what He wants happens. And there is no power that competes with the words of God. This is one reason why we stress daily Bible reading, to put us in contact with the power contained in the words of God. Let me go further into this. I want us to think about the power of words. First, the words of God that we've been talking about in Genesis 1, God speaks. There is a formula that you can see very clearly on the page. Let there be... 
And it was so. What God said happened. God spoke. God called. God gave names to things. And God spoke commands and prohibitions when you get further into chapter 2 and chapter 3. God spoke to the man and the woman. Notice, he gave them freedom. You may eat, and then God said what they could eat. He gave them restrictions. You may not eat this. And then he spoke a warning. You shall surely die if you disobey. God was speaking to the man and the woman. The early chapters of Genesis are replete with God using words to create, to order, to name, to bless, to curse, instruct, and warn. See, when we first meet God in Scripture, He's communicating. In the first chapter of His book, what stands out is the power of His words. But let me tell you, something else happened. Satan slithered onto the stage of early life, the crafty serpent. And what did Satan do first? He spoke. His first action was to speak, but his words were wicked. Satan wanted to use his words to contradict and rebel against God's words. God's words were righteous and perfect and powerful and effective. Satan's words were wicked and imperfect and effective only in a bad way, creating doubt and inviting people into darkness. Satan spoke to sow the seeds of doubt and then issue to Eve a bold invitation to disobey God. So God used his words creatively and powerfully for good. Satan came on the scene and used his words for evil. The war between good and evil was now a reality through words. Go further into time. When Jesus came, words were spoken by John the Baptist to introduce him. When Jesus was baptized, a voice came from heaven, words, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Then, guess who came along again? Satan came on the scene. He's back. He never really went away altogether. But he's, he's back on the scene in a direct way. And in his efforts to get Jesus to sin, what did Satan use? He used words. He spoke temptations, but Jesus responded with counter words, showing his unswerving devotion to God and his words. Jesus did not sin. When Jesus began his ministry, according to Matthew 4 and verse 17, what does it say about how he began his ministry? 
Jesus used words. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In the book of John chapter 6 and verse 63, it says that Jesus spoke the words of eternal life. And in Mark 10 verse 24, those who heard him were amazed at his words. And I think they were amazed not only because of his words, but because his conduct matched his words. Well, as you read through the Bible, you see a pattern. And that pattern has embedded in it, at every stage, words. At every stage in redemptive history, <coughs> creation, the fall into sin, the coming of the Savior, the preaching of the gospel, even the opposition of the evil one Satan, there are words everywhere. The good words of God given for our belief and obedience and response with the promise of eternal good. Contrary to God's words, there are the words of Satan distributed in many ways and through many mediums. Words that carry poison, destruction, no authentic promise of any good at all. All through Scripture, there are words, messages, instructions, and promises. And it comes down to this. I have a choice and you have a choice about who we listen to, believe, and obey. God or Satan. When I listen to God's word... I know I'm listening to the most powerful words ever spoken. Words that brought everything into existence. When I read the Bible every day, I'm reading what the Creator gave. And there can be power and value in my life as I respond to those words. When I hear teaching and preaching from this book, I'm able to acquire the knowledge I need for good living and good dying, so long as those words are really from this book. So I have a choice, and you have a choice to listen to and read words which have power to lead us out of sin to righteous living and eternal good. Or... Listen to what Satan has to say. The choice is mine, and the choice is yours. I want you to listen as I read these texts. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And listen to Romans 10, verse 17. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Romans 1, 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power 
of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When Paul met with the Ephesian elders and when he bid them farewell, he said, I now commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those that are sanctified. In James 1 and verse 24, uh, 21, James 1, 21, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Be turning, please, to Hebrews chapter 1, where I'm going to bring this to a conclusion. When you became a Christian, you were responding to words. Words that convey the gospel of Christ. Who Jesus is and what he did for you. And what he promises and what he expects. In your response to those words, you used words. You communicated in some way to ask, to be baptized, and to confess your faith in Christ. As you continue to listen to God's words, you were able to speak words of truth and love to people around you. Christians, by continuing to listen to God's words, are able to speak words that reflect attachment to the Creator. And so, I leave you with this. In Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name He has inherited is more excellent than theirs. If you have not made the commitment to receive God's powerful word, I commend you to his word and urge you to continue. Share it with others, live it yourself, and enjoy the benefits of your contact with God and his word. Let's be standing as we sing. Steps of the Savior trying to